We hope you enjoy the show. to ddt divas the podcast season two episode one and i'm your host shade that's right i said season two ddt divas the podcast is starting its second season because i decided to revamp the podcast when i was first encouraged to do a podcast most people were saying i should do a review podcast so for the first season i reviewed aew and wwe pay-per-views But it was something that I wasn't really into. I didn't really like doing the review interviews. I like slowly began to realize that reviews aren't for everyone. But if you're looking for really good uh, wrestling uh, reviews, definitely check out reviews by Dave. David E. Houston II. David is a DDTDivas.com contributor. And he writes weekly reviews for AEW Dynamite. Uh, Impact and WWE NXT like David is one of the best and you will definitely enjoy his reviews so please check out his reviews at ddtdivas.com so back to the podcast uh, idea in the second season I actually went back to the drawing board and asked myself what's fun and exciting and what is a fun fun and exciting idea for DDT Divas, the podcast. How could um, this podcast be useful and how can it stand out? And it like slowly hit me that an interview podcast is probably like something that would really be cool. It's something that I feel way more comfortable um, doing, more comfortable than doing a review. And uh, it's something that I have a lot of confidence in because I have experience in interviewing people and I have years of experience in interviewing many people. Um, Most of my experience is interviewing uh, politicians, politicians, but I have been interviewing um, some people in the wrestling industry so far. I've interviewed uh, Trisha Dora, Billy Dixon. So I'm, you know, doing more and more wrestling interviews. So I definitely want to, uh, chat with people in the wrestling industry and people who are shining and thriving in a cis white male dominant industry anyway before i introduce this episode's guest be sure to follow ddt divas on social media facebook twitter instagram and now join our discord ddt divas has a discord also subscribe to ddtdivas.com if you subscribe you'll never miss any ddtdivas.com content So without further ado, 
I'm happy to introduce this episode's guest. This woman is phenomenal, and Duke of Duke Loves Wrestling has been telling me that I need to talk to today's guest. She is a 2018 Woman of the Year nominee and TEDx speaker. And the reason why I had to get her on this podcast is because she's a lifelong wrestling fan and owner and promoter at Ignite Wrestling. Please give a warm welcome to Kim Artlip. Hi, Kim. Welcome to the DDT Divas podcast. So before we talk about Ignite Wrestling and your role as owner and promoter, I want to talk about you as a wrestling fan as a kid. I've been a fan um, since I was about five. That's when I saw my first live show. I'd seen them before, you know, like on television. But that first time seeing Bruno Sammartino, I was hooked. And who first um, introduced you to wrestling? My dad did. Um, My dad was a fan and he took me to my first show. And when I was old enough to start, you know, getting into magazines around like eight, 10 years old, he was cool enough to let me actually buy wrestling magazines. And this was back in the early 70s. That's really cool. I know for me, that was one of the reasons why I began to get into journalism and um, magazine journalism is because of the cool wrestling magazines. Oh, yeah. I, you know, this was before cable and you had to use rabbit ears to pick up some of the really bizarre little shows. So every month I learned about wrestling and different promotions and wrestlers that I hadn't seen on the WWF at the time by magazines. That was, you know, how I became a, you know, a fan. That's really cool. Um, I'm going to actually talk about it a little bit later, but I know that Ignite Wrestling has a magazine and I'm going to definitely ask you questions about that later because I think it's really cool because I haven't really seen um, a lot of wrestling companies with magazines. So, yeah, it was one of those things where I was told everything that I couldn't do because you know how people always want to do things the same way in wrestling. So when I came along with trading cards and a magazine I was told the indie companies don't do that. And I said, well, why not? I, I don't get why, because I know that's part of how I fell in love with it. And I didn't see what was wrong with it. That's really cool. Um, so when you were growing up as a kid, what were some of your favorite things about wrestling? And are those things still like your favorite things today? Or have you like your favorite things have changed? I thought it was real (laughs) for the longest time. It was very real to me. And uh, the moment I realized it wasn't real was when Chief J. Strongbow had his nose bit off and two weeks later his nose was back. But, uh, you know, just (laughs) it's just the whole, you know, being able to escape from the day-to-day and just, you know, having that kind of like fantasy world where you get to see the good guys win and the bad guys, you know, get chased off. It, it it was just a great escape for me. I, I totally agree. I think that was for me too. Um, it was also like a family thing. I know you said like your dad introduced you. Um, my granddad actually introduced me to wrestling and it was just like a escape and also like a family kind of event. Oh yeah. When we would go to family dinner, we always went every Sunday to my grandmother's. We would eat dinner and then watch the old WWWF. And um, on WTAE in Pittsburgh. And, you know, that 
that was something that I did with my cousins. My parents were there, my grandmother. And you never sat near my grandmother because my grandmother kicked and punched the whole time. It was hysterical. (laughs) So when you were a kid, did you ever want to work in the wrestling industry or was this like an adult dream? I wanted to be Wendy Richter. When that whole era came out and, you know, her and Cindy Lauper, I really didn't picture myself being a wrestler until Wendy Richter. Uh, I loved it. I would love to have been involved, but you really didn't have that many younger women that were really on television that you saw back then. Even in the magazines, it was all fabulous moolah and all these women with really bad hair and really ugly (laughs) costumes. (laughs) Yeah, things um, today have uh, changed. You get I, I like the diversity in the women that we see now um, in wrestling. And I think that's really cool to see like women of different ages, different um, generations, different backgrounds. It's just um, it makes the experience even more cooler. Yeah, I mean, I could have never imagined seeing somebody like Abaddon when I was growing up watching wrestling. And I just watched her last night on television against one of the girls that works for me, Kylan King. And, you know, just the stuff that they can do now, they never did that back in the 70s and late 60s and 70s and 80s. They, you know, now they're just as competitive and athletic as the guys, which I love that. I love that, too. I feel like uh, women's wrestling is really going. um, It's really at its top of its game right now. And for me personally, I think it's. it's what I'm looking forward to the most on television is um, the women's wrestling and the storylines. Yeah, It's nice that they're having storylines that aren't all about someone falling in love with a guy or a cat fight, that they're actually starting to invest in the women and build actual storylines now, which is awesome. Cause before it, you know, I had to, I had to suffer through puppies and putting wrestling and, women in cat outfits, you know, it's been a rough, you know, 40 years of being a fan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually a a 90s baby. So I was like a kid, like, I guess, like, five, six, I remember the attitude era, and what was going on then. And I, you know, I kind of wish as a wrestling fan, I could be a little girl now, like, because I think it's so cool to be a little girl and watch wrestling uh, today. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're seeing them being strong and independent and actually fighting instead of just being eye candy. And I love the fact that, you know, the women are showing their diversity and and their versatility in the rings now. And people are like so unique now. It's it's not all cookie cutter. Used to be, I used used to say that that a lot of the, and I hate to say this, that the WWE looked like a bag of Skittles there for a while. Everybody had basically the same gear and I could tell them apart by their hair collar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm not sure about you um, when you were growing up, but as a little girl, I was always told that one day I would grow out of wrestling, like it was just a phase. Were you ever told that when you were growing up? I still have people that ask me they can't why I'm why I'm a, a wrestling owner, and why didn't you outgrow this? I mean, isn't it a little weird that you still like wrestling and you're 56? And oh, I'm gonna like it till the day I die, actually. I I have a bunch of like female friends who say they get it a lot and I'm sure guys get it as well, but they say like, Oh, like you still like wrestling? Like shouldn't you have outgrown that, you know? You go off to college and you find something else, but you still like wrestling, like 
No, I, I don't understand. Nobody says that to a football fan. And nobody says, oh, my God, are you still watching the Steelers? Aren't you tired of watching the Steelers? You've been watching them since you were eight. That is true. And movies as well, like TV shows and movies. Like, no one ever says, like, oh, you like the show? It depends um, on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. So I want to talk about now, um, when you were starting Ignite Wrestling, when you began creating it, at what point in your life did you decide that you wanted to start your own wrestling promotion? I was watching a show that was, um, is the company's no longer around, that was near here. And it was so bad that it made me angry. And I could see so much potential in this market down here because I'm in Florida for the love of God. It's the, you know, the center of wrestling pretty much. And the more I thought about it, the more I, I knew I could do it. And I told my husband I wanted, you know, it was something I wanted to do. And to his credit, he was like, okay. But I didn't like jump right into it though. I spent nearly a year you know, researching and trying to figure out how people were doing stuff and learning the wrestlers and pricing everything and venues. So yeah, it wasn't like an overnight thing. It took me about, I'd say 10 to 12 months from my idea to actually having my first show. That's really cool. If you can go back and do it again, um, start over again, or, you know, if you can just think about one thing you wish you had known before you began your wrestling career, is there anything that you could think of? I'd avoid a couple people that are assholes, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> there, there were some people that I wish I wouldn't have worked with in hindsight because I didn't know that much about them. And I kind of regret working with them. But, you know, you get that in about any sport or, or business you're in. But no, I would have um, done a lot more with video. Uh, I mean, we did a lot with video and we were right on Roku from, I think, the third show. But I would have done a lot more streaming in the very beginning. Yeah, I definitely think um, wrestling like online is like the future. I feel like a lot of people I know don't have cable anymore. I'm I'm a millennial and a lot of my peers like will look at TV shows on apps and like will screen the show, but they won't purchase cable. So I think that's definitely um, just like movies. It's the, it's a good place for wrestling to be online. I don't have cable anymore. Uh, and you know, I was the second wrestling company to be on Twitch I really don't understand Twitch that well, but we do, you know, replay our shows there. But yeah, we've been on like Fire TV and Roku since 2016. But a lot of people don't realize that because we really don't promote it that heavily. But, you know, we were we were out there for people because I knew that cord cutting and cord cutters were going to be a thing. Uh 4 years ago I knew that because I, I could I could see it. Was it like being a female owner? and promoter in a very male dominant industry. I feel like you probably get that question a lot, but what is it like? It's like uh it's like an episode of what not to wear but everyone wears spandex. <laughs> uh it's it's it it just depends. It really does depend on who I'm with. Um at this point, you know, after 4 years, I don't get as much pushback as I did in the beginning. In the beginning, there was a lot of people that thought if they called me mom, and, you know, offered their advice and, you know, lent a hand that they would pretty much take over and I would just be their sugar mama for it. But yeah, that didn't work too well for them. 
I have a real solid idea what I want to do, and I really don't want to be told how to do it. And you shouldn't because this is your company. You're the owner. You're the promoter. I've known a lot of people who have this have decided that they want to break into the wrestling industry, but they want to start their own company. So what advice would you give to someone um, who's wanting to start their own promotion? You have to think about why you're doing it. If you're doing it to make money, don't even bother because you're not going to make money right away. It's really hard to be profitable in this and it takes time. But definitely look at who's doing what and who's doing what right. There's too many that are all the same, that use the same people in the same geographic area, and you're not going to stand out. So I say this a lot. You have to be unique. You can't be the new face of this or the next that. You have to be something that's going to be unique in the market. And if you could name uh, three people who have been the most... um positive or the most impactful um, in your Ignite wrestling career, who would those three people be? John Cruz, who's Serpentico, um, Lindsay Dorado, and I would probably say a third one would probably be, I'm going to say Angel Rose Diamante. Um, she gave me a lot of good feedback in the very beginning. And she's very honest with me. And it was nice having a woman who'd struggled to get noticed telling me what I needed to do and not do. Oh, very three very cool people. Three great performers. So um, moving into Ignite now and talking about the uh, promotion, I do have one question that you also probably receive a lot. Why did you decide to name your promotion Ignite Wrestling? It wasn't the original name, but it was the name I wanted um, I wanted a word that was an action word that had, um, I wanted it to be a noun and a verb and something short under five letters, five, six letters. Um, that's kind of why I went with ignite and no one else uses it. So that kind of set it apart because I didn't want to be such and such championship wrestling because after a while they get kind of confusing. <laughs> yeah. I I definitely agree with that because you have so many like championship or world or, you know, there's certain words that are used a lot. Yeah, there's like 87 AWEs and CWEs and AWAs and, a you know, NWAs. And, you know, I wanted something short that was memorable that was I could use the same thing on all social media platforms. That's another big <laughs> thing for me. And um it just worked. And I, I liked it because I, I like the collar red is my, one of my favorite collars. And I just really like being able to use red and black. Um, I think that that's uh, strong collars because I didn't want to do, I, I just didn't want to do something that was like everyone else. So what makes you guys stand out besides the cool marketing and the colors? <laughs> Diversity. Uh, we, we're, we're very diverse. Uh, with uh, who we bring in, we don't use the same people. Um, we have a core. I'm going to say we do have a core, small group. But we don't use the same people that everyone else uses, and we bring people in from all over the country, uh, Australia, the U.K., um, Costa Rica, the Dominican Republic. We've had people come from all over and work for us in Cuba. So um, it's nice to um, – be a little different and have different faces that people 
aren't used to seeing on posters. That's really cool. Um, I love a diverse um, wrestling promotion that has a lot of diversity. I think, you know, we're seeing it more and more, and it's really cool that you guys are doing that. You know, it wasn't even intentional. It just, it's just what it is. I was looking for talented people that I thought would represent us well, that could work. And these were the people that we reached out to. So if you could think back to your first, your very first show, you had to be very excited about running your first show. Um, Do you remember what it felt like? I was having a panic attack. Um, I was afraid that people weren't going to show up. Um, Everything was going wrong that could go wrong. And um, in hindsight, I wouldn't have had so many matches in that first show. (laughs) I had way too many matches. And that was a problem I had for like the first three shows. I had too many matches in the show and it was too many bodies and too small of a space trying to keep them all corralled. (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys usually do shows out of like breweries or um, gyms or? We do now. We've been running for the past, um, going on three years now at a place called Walking Tree Brewery. And it's uh, literally like two miles from my house. But it's a really cool uh, former naval warehouse that they converted into a big open-air brewery. We've uh, ran there. We've been in a National Guard armory for our part of our first year. We've tried a couple other places, but Walking Tree seems to be the fit for us because it, it was kind of different. And we run a noon show, which a lot of promotions don't run in the day to begin with, but let alone noon on a Saturday. So it, it works out great for us because then the wrestlers, they get our show in and then they have the whole night to do other shows, to travel, to relax, whatever it is that they want to do. Sweet. Oh, yeah, because um, most of our people do two shows um, and we would partner with another company on uh, the other side of Florida uh, called Punk Pro. And we would share some of the talent and it was easier for us to bring somebody in and split the transportation cost. And then we could both use them. And, you know, we were three hours apart, so it wasn't like we had the same fan base. So um, Duke loved wrestling. Duke, he he loves you. And he's the person who introduced me to you. And he was, um, he told me that you're, you also told me this too, but he told me that you were on a TEDx. And um, one thing that I really thought was cool, and if you could talk about it a little bit, was that you got to meet Teddy Long at one of your shows. Uh, my first show we did... Um, the, uh, the crew from Miami came up that was in the show and I get this text from uh, one of the wrestlers and he says, Hey, I'm bringing, te- I'm bringing someone with me. Um, can they do a merch table? And I'm like, okay. And, and then I said, who, who is it? And he goes, Teddy long. And I, I went, you mean like SmackDown Teddy long? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> so I spent part of that first show sitting with Teddy long, um, you know, just, feeding him popcorn and hot dogs and just listen to every word he said. And it was the coolest thing. And um, I had him come back. He actually came back and did a second show for me and um, did the whole thing where he set up the tag match and, you know, did the whole routine. But yeah, he was, he was incredible. And he took time to speak to every single wrestler on the show and give feedback. That's really cool. And that's, you know, that's really cool of him to do that. And were you like starstruck? Like, <laughs> I feel um, like he's like one of the coolest people that, you know. He's wrestling. cool. And um, 
I don't get super starstruck, to be honest, because I actually met him many years ago as a fan. But um, yeah, I, I fangirled a little bit. I was just like really excited because if you see photos of me at that show, I'm sitting there with this big, stupid grin on my face talking to him the whole time. <laughs> so speaking of being um, fangirling and um, just being excited, um, what has been your proudest moment as the owner of Egnet Wrestling? Crowning, every time we crown a champion, I cry and the guys think it's hysterically funny. Because they'll look over, even if we do it, we and we did a tournament. They look over, and there I am, like bawling like a like a baby. But yeah, our uh, every time we've crowned a champion, uh, I've cried uh, because it's just like such a goal. And eventually, when the world comes back, um, I'm going to have a women's tag team division. But I don't think that's going to happen till 2021 at this point. Yeah, um, actually. That's one of my questions. Like, do you have any plans for starting back up with COVID? Um, do you have like any safety plans uh, thought out and planned out? I have a plan. We have a tentative date in September, but our cases are still in the 5,000s per day in Florida. And my county is anti-mask. So I'm not sure how that would work with me requiring masks, but we we went out, we bought the uh, thermal um, thermometers. We've talked to the venue. It's just, honestly, the guys are hesitant to work right now. Uh, they just don't want to take the risk because we just can only control so much. And I'm not sure how that's going to work. That's understandable. The pandemic came and it happened so quickly and it's still ongoing. If you don't mind, let's talk about uh, the speaking out, the hashtag speaking out and the speaking out movement. Have you taken any steps to make sure that your locker room is a safer place? We now have a sexual harassment policy in place, um, which is being shared with our wrestlers. Uh, we did have a couple people that have worked for us who were named in that, who are no longer and will never again be part of our company. You know, I, I think it's great that um, you're taking action. And, you know, I, I like that a lot of companies have been taking action. Um, it's really important for the fans and for the wrestlers and for everyone who is a part of the wrestling community. Well, you know, the, the sad part of it is two of the women that were involved in that that spoke out. I had absolutely no idea any of that was going on. And... You know, I've been around the one quite a bit at show, at show, at my shows, but she just didn't feel secure enough to talk to me because she wasn't sure if I would blame her. And um, she didn't want to be, you know, she, she, she was the victim and didn't want to be harassed about coming forward. But, you know, we've talked a lot and I actually, I just talked to her today and I think what she did was tremendously brave. Yeah, it, it's... It's they are the people are who came out are very brave, uh, brave, and it's just a really sad situation. To transition, I know one thing that I enjoy about your company is the marketing. As I mentioned, the magazine and the cards. Um, so I've been to a lot of wrestling promotions and I've shopped like went to their online shops and things. Um, but I decided that you guys probably have one of the best and cause it's so different and you have such a variety. Can you talk about like how you came up with this idea to sell and market like so many different type products? 
If you ask Duke, uh, Duke will tell you that I throw everything against a wall and see what sticks. Now, I love trading cards, and I, I collected trading cards when I was younger, baseball cards and, and football cards. And what I was looking for was something that was small and affordable that we could get the young fans involved in. And most parents won't hand somebody twenty bu- a, a kid 20 bucks to buy a T-shirt, but they'll give you $2 for a trading card. So it kind of went from there. and. You know, and then we wanted to do stuff that was different and that kind of turned into hot sauce. We have our own hot sauce line and we just came out this week with leggings and um, comic book style posters. So there's a lot. I I think I looked today and there was like 65 different items on the store. I think that's really cool. You guys have a cookbook as well, I think. Uh, a cookbook, a dry rub, hot sauce, um, a calendar, which we're updating. It's sold out. Um, I even have, <laughs> I even have dog tags with the ignite symbol, but they're not on the website right now. That's really cool. I mean, anything food related and wrestling is cool for me because, like, every time you look at a show, you got to have food, like. So why not, you know? <laughs> um, we did the hot sauce. Uh, we really don't do a lot with the food because of the brewery. Being a brewery, they're, the way the the guidelines are is they can have a food truck. I can do lollipops and candy bars and stuff like that that's branded, but I re- really can't do anything else while I run in the brewery. Mm. I mentioned earlier that I came from a magazine journalism background and I really love that you guys uh, have a magazine and a blog because I've seen a couple of your blog posts come out and I thought that was really cool and it just made me so much more interested in um, Ignite. Um, Can you tell me about more about the magazine and the blog? Um, The magazine we've been doing almost two years now. I I kind of tested it and it did Okay. And then I decided I didn't want to do print. I wanted to do digital. And I worked with uh, Zinio, who does the uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazine, the digital version. And finally, you know, got with them, got approved. And we're on our second digital version with them. And I, I really like it. Um, it's nice to be able to, to feature our wrestlers. We just... Uh, uh, did an article uh, about Serpentico, which we shared on on our website, and we did one about Kylan King. And it's it's kind of fun to be able to uh, tell stories and kind of go behind the wrestlers and do a little bit more than just doing a show picture or a show video. That's really cool. Like, I mean, I, I I'm gonna admit I'm kind of biased because I I'm like a magazine person, but I really like that idea, and it's just really cool to read and. Um, see that you guys have a magazine i'm hoping to make it a little larger i think we're only at like 36 pages but i want to get bigger as we go but you know it's it's kind of one of those things it was kind of hit or miss and trying to trying to figure it out and get a look that i like and and i'm finally comfortable with the way it looks and, and the way it's laid out and um it, it's fun but it, it's kind of fun to, to do something different um Rather than post on social media, post on social media. <laughs> I, th- I that. think that's all I do some days. <laughs> <laughs> so um, just to kind of wind down this chat, um, when you are not um, 
being a wrestling fan or a wrestling promoter, what are some other things you enjoy doing in your free time? Oh, I have free time. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I like to cook. Uh, my husband and I, my husband and I are foodies. We like to cook. And occasionally you'll see us on uh, social media doing hot sauce challenges. Uh, we get hot sauce sample kits and we will occasionally uh, have a little contest. And I haven't won yet, but I'm building up <laughs> my tolerance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I think that's like the rage now. It's like the spicy foods, uh, different type spices, honey, like chili, like spices and honey and like spicy ice cream and stuff. Like, it's uh, really cool. Before you go, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to chat with me on DDT Divas, the podcast. Um, but before you go, can you please tell all the listeners where they can find more information about Ignite Wrestling? Uh, you can definitely find us on our website, IgniteWrestling.com. We're on all the social media platforms at Ignite Wrestling, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, as well as Fight TV, Roku, and Independent Wrestling TV. Sweet. Thank you so much, Kim. I really appreciate it. I thank you so much for letting me come on. I, I'm really, uh, really was excited about this. I want to thank Kim Artlip of Ignite Wrestling for joining me. I also want to thank you for listening. Make sure you follow Ignite Wrestling on social media and also follow DDT Divas on social media. DDT Divas is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Discord. If you don't want to miss anything, be sure to subscribe to DDTDivas.com and to subscribe to DDT Divas, the podcast. Look out for our next episode, so there will be one more August episode. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed the show.